Good evening, everybody. Um, I'm a bit caught off guard because <laughs> um, I, I knew I was going to preach. That's not what I mean by off guard. Um, but everything that just happened here is exactly what I felt God wanted to say tonight. So um, I'm on the back foot because I'm going to have to filter all of it out because you've just heard it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so bear with me um, as I just navigate what to keep and what to, to kick. But um, yeah, I love, I love when we meet together like this. Um, there's something very special about it. Um, this a meeting with family, and um, even since we've been, I think this is our third meeting as PM, and it's um, the smaller group, uh, the more intimate kind of uh, vibe is just for me much more special. It feels like God can really come and take, like, prick, prick at our hearts a, a bit better even. And he, um, you shouldn't be surprised if he uses your brother next to you to do it. And that's why we're here. Otherwise, we can all just listen to YouTube preachers. Um, yeah, so, these, uh, so funny enough, I, I want to size this. I want to preach about preaching. So, um, so I want to speak about these Sunday times together. And I think um, God wants to touch on our posture um, tonight. And he wants to make a hardwiring hard change inside of us. And um, I told Benny when he asked me to share, I said, so there's this, which I'm going to share tonight, or there is something on the lighter side, which I also feel from the Lord, and it feels, because I, I feel like God's always giving me stuff that really just pokes the bear all the time, so I, I'm afraid um, you're going to have to get used to not being made too comfortable <laughs> when I share, um, so I want to be obedient tonight. Um, so for those taking notes, I've titled this, uh, What Then Shall We Do?, uh, which is a phrase that you might have heard a lot from uh, the New Testament. And, um, yeah, the, um, when we sp speak traditionally about these meetings, when we come together, we refer to them as um, services, Sunday services. Um, and I don't know about you, but for me, it doesn't always sit well with me, honestly, because it, it leaves a lot of room for interpretation. So I love just, it's a Sunday meeting. And the reason I don't, I don't love calling it a service I'll explain just now. Uh, so, um, I, can I just by show of hands ask who you grew up? I'm not going to ask how long have you been saved, but who of you grew up going to church? Awesome. So, I'm preaching to the choir. I'm happy. I'm happy about that because that's who I'm hoping to preach to tonight. <laughs> um, but basically, when I grew up, and, and some of you might have had similar experiences, we would enter church between 10 and 5 minutes before the meeting starts, and that's not because my dad was punctual. I uh, was not punctual. He was quite the opposite, very punctual. But there was a, there was a, you're almost afraid to come too early. It leaves too much room for, I don't want to chat too much. I want to come just in time. And um, we would come and sit in our, we had wooden pews, and you would come and move in and do a 50-meter sideway crab walk and sit somewhere in the middle. And then um, the minister would start um, opening in prayer. And normally the soft, dignified little prayer just to set everyone at ease and set a nice tone um, for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Um, but then... Um, we would all sing together, and we, would, we had all these hymns that we used to sing, um, and I'm not, I love hymns. Um, we actually sang one tonight, um, which one was it? Blessed Assurance, and I love them, um, but I remember singing them back then. It really was just kind of a kumbaya, my Lord, sort of thing. 
it made us uh, bind us together, Lord, with cords that cannot be broken. And at the end of it, we all felt a little bit closer to one another in what we have done just together, which is sing together, which was a bit of a, a sing-along moment. And then we would get to the preach. And the preachers were all, always great. And that's why even to this day, I really enjoy listening to some Reformed preaching um, because it's good preaching. I, I, I think most of us can, can enjoy good preaching, um, which is not probably what you're going to get tonight, by the way. <laughs> but um, it's always so perfectly balanced. Just enough humor, just enough scripture, just enough anecdotes. And at the end of it all, you just feel good. You feel fed. Um, and... And at the end of a sermon like that, I would feel served. And it's just right, because that's what a service is. You're being served the Word of God. And I know growing up, there was such an emphasis on the Word of God being brought or delivered in, in a place of worship. And that's essentially what we went for, because anything else we can just do by ourselves. But um, let me just get my spot here. So, Okay. Where does the word service come from? Because I had to check, because I was curious, and this is what I spoke about when I said I'm uncomfortable with the word Sunday service, because although we know we should be the ones bringing service, it's kind of been the other way around all these years. That's the way we've grown up. We have been served, and that's why I don't like using it. There's too much left for interpretation there. And so... It, it started out in the early British or English churches, I just say that because that's the English word, service, as being called a service of worship. I don't know who of you have heard it being referred to as that. It's, it's a service of worship, and that makes a lot more sense because we come and we serve God by bringing our worship to Him. So what is worship then? So if we come to these meetings to worship, what is worship? And I think some of us might immediately have an answer for that, but I want to run through a meeting real quick. Because we know more or less what to expect on a Sunday. Uh, so let's run through it quickly. So John started by doing the announcements this evening. Does anyone, is that worship? I don't think so, no. It's, it's, it's admin, very necessary. <laughs> um, uh, for John, it's worship because he, he brought his gift, right? Um, so how about when, uh, if we're doing something like praying in new members or leaders? I think that might constitute worship. We're dedicating service and, and lives to the Lord. So I think that's worship. And then, the one we all know and love as worship, singing together. And that is worship. I'm definitely not discounting that. God does incredible things during these times of worship. And then we get to the Word. Is that worship? I think not. And it's probably controversial, but I don't think it's worship, it's worship to listen to a Word. The worship comes in the response. And so how do we change everything that we do on a Sunday to be Worship. Well, we have to respond. So if we've been worshiping when we were singing together, how do we worship God when we're hearing His Word preached? And um, yeah, that's, that's, that's how we turn that into worship. So how do we worship on a Sunday according to Paul? So the first scripture I want to bring up is Romans from Romans chapter 12. It's a widely known chapter. And Paul wrote it to the Romans, which was in the Greek-speaking world. And, um, and this chapter deals predominantly with church health and the marks of a healthy believer. So the first verse says this about worship. We've probably all heard it. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So I know it's a bit scary when we look at 
having to give our bodies up for sacrifice. Um, the word comes from the Greek word, somata. And by the way, um, I always thought it was quite extra when someone feels the need to present a Greek word, but I see now the significance because sometimes it's very different from what we read in English. But in this case, I can assure you the word bodies come from somata, which means bodies. So he's telling us, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So I don't think that's physical sacrifice. Thankfully, he says a living sacrifice. So we know we'll probably walk out living at the end of it. But, <laughs> um, but the reason he was writing it this way was because in Hebrew culture and Hebrew belief, everything is innately intertwined. Um, your body, your soul, your mind, your spirit, everything belongs to God. And when the one worships, the other one worships. But now they were dealing with a whole different kind of people, a bert van anekleer. It was the Romans, and the Romans are, uh, was from the Greek-speaking world. We, we had mythology and philosophy, and they were very woke for their time, for the lack of a better word. So you couldn't leave. It was a dangerous thing to leave something up for interpretation. So in this case, what he really meant was when he said your body was yourself, you. Just bring yourself as a living sacrifice, and that is your spiritual worship. So I heard someone tell a story which I thought was, was, was very fitting to this. Um, so there's a chicken and a pig, and they live on a farm. And one day, the, chicken, uh, the, the pig says to the chicken, listen, Farmer Brown has been so good to us. No, we've got a farmer. Farmer John has been so good to us that we should repay him at some point. We should thank him somehow. And the chicken excitingly replies to him and he says, listen, why don't we supply him with a breakfast tomorrow morning? Bacon and eggs. And the pig, uh, pig's eyes just stretched like that and he said, yes, but if we do that for you, all it requires is a contribution. But for me, it's my life. And I think that's exactly what it is when we choose Jesus. Everything. Not a contribution, but our whole life. And that is our spiritual worship. I want to ask one of the youthies. I'll pick you. Retief. Ja, kom, jy het ook gesê. He put his hand up. PSA, jy gaan nie rarig op vrijdag nie. But the Lord spoke to me. Um, just in my mind's eye, I saw something this week, which I, I'm hoping to demonstrate quickly, because I think this is what we what we do often. So we can hear you, um, and, and this is what the, Lord, what the Lord showed me. Yeah, you're already standing right. So I want you to take your one hand, uh, maybe this one, cover your face as if you're ashamed, and look down, and this hand stretched out towards your back as if to receive. Towards, yeah, yeah, like that. And that's the picture that the Lord showed me during this week. Can you omdraai laat hulle sien like and he showed me this is how some of us walk into the church, like this. We're coming to receive, but we're afraid to be recognized and to be seen. So the, so the, the reaching out is towards this, this side. Thank you, Ratif. It's good. So, so that's what, what I showed the Lord. <laughs> Thanks to our youthy. Um, so that's what I felt the Lord show me. It's some of us, and, and if, I want you to really hear this and see if you can identify with this. Because that's the, the group of people that the Lord wants to speak to tonight. Is some of us walk into this building and we're only coming to get a ration. Just a, a food parcel, like, like a, I don't, a homeless person going to a, a somewhere just to receive just enough to last another week. But really being so petrified of revealing yourself and presenting yourself 
in the presence of God. And so this can be a lecture. It can be an academic sort of delivery of a speech. This can be a speech. In fact, that's exactly what it is until the point where you respond. And that is what, that is what I feel God wants to speak on tonight, is when we come and just want to come and receive and, and run out as fast as we can, He can't work with us. That's not what He wants us to be here for. Um, yeah, and, 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 and sometimes the mentality is that it's a top-up. It's just enough to last us another week. It's spiritual food. We often hear about spiritual food, and that's fine and well, but sometimes we eat just enough to get fat, but we never really digest it. Um, now I'm going on something I didn't plan. Where's, where are dietitians at? So, so there's sugar and there's fat, and both of these are a source of energy. So when there's both sugar and fat in your body, your body will only use the sugar because it's easier to convert into energy, and the fat remains behind, and you just become fat. That's what, what happens. And I think that's what happens when we just eat and eat and eat, but we never digest the good stuff. Our bodies can't use it. Um, that's off script completely. So I want to read it again. Um, Romans 12.1. And let's listen to it carefully. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves as a living sacrifice. And now this bit. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And another word for acceptable here is pleasing, to be pleasing to the Lord. So does this mean you have to come in here, turn to, by the way, I'm not saying whoever's standing in the front is the Holy Spirit. It, it's, an, it's a metaphor. So that's what I mean by receiving. But does this mean that you have to be perfectly acceptable and pleasing when you come into the presence of God, and if not, you have to do that thing which Ratif just demonstrated? Do you first have to be in that place to present yourself before the Lord? I don't think so. I think that's exactly why we come into His presence. Um, we have to be, sometimes our mind can make, a, 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 can make a decision, but if we're not miraculously provoked inside of us, it falls to the ground. And so, um, yeah, there is certain elements of church which are more comforting and easier to digest, like the sugar, which is the fellowship, the love. But sometimes the truth and the conviction is the bits that's not so easy to, to bite off. And, um, yeah, I think that's what the Holy Spirit wants to touch on. Second uh, Corinthians 3, from 16 to 18, we read, But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So we are to come in here with unveiled faces. And what, is, what does that veil mean in this context? It's a mask. It's a wall. It's a, it's a separation between us and God. And, and in Old Testament times, you couldn't just march into the Holy of Holies. You would drop dead. In fact, people did, I think. Thank you. <laughs> I think. I can't remember if it actually happened. Um, because it almost sounds bizarre because we have this luxury of simply coming into the, into the presence of the Holy Spirit and, um, and beholding Him and Him beholding us. So, um, I don't know about you, but I've got many areas which aren't 
acceptable and holy as they should be before the Lord. And that's what it means to be sanctified. I love the Afrikaans word for sanctified because it's just so descriptive. Heiligmaking, making us holy. That's what, that's what we are here for. So if we only get to rock up into the presence of the Holy Spirit once we're already there, you'll only meet the Holy Spirit in heaven when we are made holy. So we should come into, um, there's a, I didn't give it to you, but in 1 Peter 2, it talks about coming out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And, and we see this with load shedding now. When the house is completely dark, it doesn't matter. I don't know. Actually, farm. Even a farm is, is better where there's no ambient light. It doesn't matter where you are in the house. Even if you put a candle on in one room, the way it, it becomes dim the further you go away. But there's light actually everywhere. It becomes more dim and more dim. But one light lights up a whole room. Now, what about the light as brought by the Holy Spirit? It illuminates every crevice and every corner of who we are so that those things that are not holy and presentable can be brought to the light and that he can deal with that thing. So, so if we go home to digest in our own time the word of God, we, we, we didn't give an opportunity to deal with our hearts while we were still in his presence. So is there something super special about being in his presence here as opposed to being in his presence at home? No. But if he's dealing with your heart here, your response should be here because otherwise you're just being disobedient. And you know what? I've found many times before the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something, and then you procrastinate. Or you say, really, for a lack of a better word, you chicken out. Have you found that before? Is there anyone who can be honest with me that you didn't do it because you didn't do it immediately? And that's what happens. And I think that's the significance of, of bringing yourself and responding when you are in the presence of God in the house of the Lord. Because there's this beautiful thing called a fellowship of believers as well, where we can walk to a brother and be held accountable, and, 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 and someone can stand with us, with us in agreement as a witness to what we are responding to in the presence of God. So, um, yeah, I've, um, we've got a lot of clever people in this town. Have you met some of them? Um, I, mean, I mean, theologically clever people. Like people who, it's... Um, it's like, um, like some people love um, birding, which I can appreciate a bird, but I'm not a, uh, someone who loves birding. But um, there's something, <laughs> Dave. Um, but, <laughs> but you get some of those people that they really, they feed on the, the academic side of teaching. And if they, if they don't feel like this thing has been hand-delivered on a silver platter, there really wasn't any significance to it. When you speak in layman's term and dumb language like I'm doing right now, you feel underwhelmed and understimulated because this can't be a sermon from Scripture. But do you go home and you are miraculously provoked when you listen to one of those lectures? Lectures. I don't know. I don't. Because it's not speaking to my heart. It's speaking to my mind. And so I've heard, uh, even in our church, of people not coming back after their first time visiting because um, they just don't, they can't appreciate the preaching. It's not often enough. It's not well enough. It's not in the style that they prefer. They'll rather go to Dr. Dr. D and I down the road um, because it just it feeds that thing. But actually, the Word of God is the Word of God, unchanged. And if you present yourself, it will minister to you. Not discounting those churches who do focus a lot on it, because God will work with you if you present yourself. Um, 
I just had to do myself the favor because obviously I know we love the Word of God in this church. Um, but I, have to, I had to do myself a favor. And I looked at our statement of faith to see where kind of does it rank when we look at it. Where do, where is, where do we start speaking about Scripture? And it's the very first point. The very first point says, we believe the Scriptures of the Old and New Testament to be the inspired Word of God. And it's our final authority for faith life, and the governance of this church, which means it's not about feelings. It's a, it, it is about the scripture, but if it doesn't provoke us, it doesn't do anything. Um, I don't know who's heard about Mike Davies. He's um, an elder in Cape Town, and he, he really he delivers a word well. I can appreciate um, his teaching a lot. And he went to Bible college in um, the United Kingdom. He's from there. And he tells a story which I found very funny. Um, he says when he was in Bible college, they had chapel each morning before they went to class. And this one week, it was his turn as a student to deliver the word, to deliver the preach. And he was ecstatic and excited. And, and he chose to preach on the scripture, uh, speaking about not grumbling and complaining. And um, it was very practical, and he was excited to deliver that word. And he said he delivered that word. And one of his very good friends, actually, he was like thoroughly stirred. He was in tears, on his knees, repenting before God. And Mike said he really felt good about himself in that moment. He said, yes, sir. Look at me. Bringing someone to their knees like that. Obviously, God was doing a great work through me here today. He says the meeting concluded, and they walked towards the door to start their classes for the day. And they haven't even reached the door of that room. And this same friend who just repented about grumbling and complaining says, Oh, can you believe it? We've got this subject now. What a waste of time. And Mike says it was there and then that God taught him that a word, just a word, doesn't do anything. It has to be the Holy Spirit bringing that response. And he says he's, uh, he was deflated very quickly. And, um, but luckily he learned that lesson early on in, his, in, in ministry. So um, God was the giver of his word. And as the listener, I, I touched on this earlier, we will always either not understand everything, which we won't anyway because we know in part and we see in part, um, or we'll twist it to make it a bit less harsh on ourselves, but we won't interpret it the way that God is intending it when we're listening with our minds. And when we present ourselves in the, spirit, uh, in the presence of God, he reveals these things to us. In 1 Corinthians 2, um, 12 and 14, we read, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. Can I repeat that? The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So if your posture is coming to get a delivery of something from the Word of God like a, like a lecture, it will be folly. It will be nonsense. You won't be able to understand it. It's like someone speaking... That's a word, gibberish. How do you say it? Yeah, it won't mean anything. Um, there's an American evangelist, D.L. Moodley. He once said this, um, and I think many of us might have heard it. The Bible was not given for our information, but for our transformation. So if you walk out here more clever, you're not better off. If you walk out here changed, that's why you came here. And um, a slightly less famous quote by Stephen Bierkman 
the Word of God is ingredients. It's not a cooked meal. So what do I mean by that? Can I, can I repeat it? <laughs> the Word of God is ingredients. It's not a cooked meal. And what I mean by that is that we do have the option. Um, we've heard this said before, the Holy Spirit is like a gentleman. He, um, we, we've heard the scripture. He comes to the door and he knocks. He doesn't kick down the door like a SWAT team. He comes and he knocks and he waits. He's a gentleman. And if you're not, if you're not going to present yourself, um, it's not going to do what it has to do. And so when we do that, the Lord does cook up that meal better than any inaparman will ever do it. And, and it's amazing to see it. We, um, uh, the fancy restaurants have deconstructed things nowadays. At the youth, we recently had a, a game where we, we had punishments of eating funny stuff. And Xavier was disturbingly enthusiastic about eating weird things. Um, but at some point, he had a raw egg, flour, milk, not mixed all on their own and swallowed. And, and I joked about it. It's, it's, a, it's a deconstructed pancake. But that's what it is. It's deconstructed. It's ingredients. And it doesn't taste like anything. It won't do anything unless the chef, the master chef, enters his house and starts preparing this meal. So being challenged isn't enough. We must be provoked. And that's why, hence, hence the title, because during Jesus' time of ministry, you never heard, I, I never, I've never read, that he ministered and he simply walked away and people gave him a round of applause and went back to their lives. The words came, five times I counted, these words were repeated. They said, what then shall we do? What brothers will we do? They got up, they were so stirred that they couldn't just go back to their normal lives. They looked at each other and said, what must I do now? I can't return back to normal. Just the way that we heard about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Um, what did they say? It's something similar, but they said, um, what does this mean? So what does this mean? What, when we hear the word of God, what does it mean? Surely it must do something. If it's doing nothing, I've just listened to a bunch of nonsense. So we should present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is our spiritual worship. Let me skip a bit. I'm basically done. <laughs> um, so this is where I'm a bit thrown because we've just had a response. <laughs> but I feel God wants to stir us more. Um, so I want us, so even if you just, um, so that we're not getting there yet, but even just as we're sitting now, if you can just close your eyes and see that picture which, which, we, we, which Retief was doing now. If you find yourself to often come here to get a hand-delivered note or something on a silver dish, which is the Word of God, which makes you leave this place with more information than transformation, God wants to do a work tonight. Let me share a scripture with you. You guys are welcome to open your eyes again. Romans 8, this is a very famous one. Romans 8, 1 says that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus for those, sorry, for those who are in Christ Jesus. So that's the first thing. You maybe feel condemned because you're not holy and acceptable yet. You, you can't bear to look the Holy Spirit in the face because you, you're not there yet. I, I'd love to set your mind at ease that you will never be there until we enter glory. The second thing is Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. And I think that's the second group of people. Those who know that they should be responding, but it'll damage your ego. How can I, someone, um, and, and, and I think it becomes more and more, the more, the more you are 
I mean, I can imagine being um, an elder and, and now having to respond. And, 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 and you've been preaching and sharing for years now, and all of a sudden on a Sunday, you have to say, uh, yeah, I, I feel like I haven't felt the Lord for the last three weeks. And people, <gasps> and that's the place where the fear of man will creep in. We're all human. And if you, for one moment, think that you would be the only one responding, that's not the truth. You're the only one that's honest. So the last thing that I felt the Holy Spirit highlighting to me is complacency, being in a comfort zone. Um, you might be visiting, only been coming here for a while, and I think um, sometimes you might think, these people are whack. What's up with them? Um, and the truth is we are <laughs> a peculiar people. But, um, but I, what it's actually doing is it's, comfort, it's challenging that comfort zone. You're used to standing in your pew, being delivered a word, Thank you, brethren, and leaving. But this feels different because I can't just come here and enjoy the presence of the Lord. I, I know. You can't just come here and enjoy the presence of the Lord because that's not what he asks of us. So, now we get to this. <laughs> yeah, can we just close our eyes and let the Holy Spirit minister to us? Just for him to search the posture of our hearts. For each of us, it'll look different. But the Lord, and I'll, I'll be honest, the Lord has highlighted a few specific people to me tonight. And obviously, I won't call you out. <laughs> but, I, but I know who needs to respond tonight. And the Lord, the Lord does not want anyone to leave you the same way you left last Sunday too. What a waste of time with those two hours on a Sunday be if you just came here experiencing the same thing every single week? Are you holding back for one of those reasons I've already mentioned? Do you feel condemned? Do you maybe have a fear of being called out by the Holy Spirit in front of other men and women? Or is there maybe something else that's holding you back? Complacency? that Otaniko Arus we've talking about, uh, spoken about before, a state of being relaxed, or anything else in your situation. And I have faith that the Holy Spirit has already revealed that to you. Are you like the chicken that wants to only bring a contribution tonight? There is something... Very scary, yet so glorious about laying ourselves down. Why was it easy for Abraham to bring, to bring a lamb every now and again? But the, the, the moment he had to put a human on the altar, his life was shaken. And even Jesus, before he went to the cross, he said, Father, if it's your will, please take this cup from me. Because a human life, well, in um, Isaac's case, but in his, a, a body had to physically die. And that's just a whole new level. And that's what he requires of us tonight in the Spirit. I, I don't doubt for a moment that we have so many gifts among us. We all have a gift. In fact, the word says we all have a gift. But tonight, God does not want those gifts. God wants you to present yourself tonight as the gift. Not what you can do not what you can offer, just you. Walking into his throne room with arms spread open, 
chest pointing towards his presence and just accepting him. So that's the first group of people that I would like to to speak to. Can we can we all just posture ourselves in a way to receive um, the Holy Spirit's conviction if it's needed? Can we can we can we stand? Can I ask that? Your Holy Spirit, would you just minister to us tonight in truth? Yeah, Lord, we, we don't want to waste our time. We don't want to waste the saints' time. We don't want to waste your time by coming here every week and leaving exactly the same person. Because, God, this is not a social club. We come here to be transformed, Jesus. And, Lord, we invite you to change us every single week for the better. And I know for some this will be challenging. But I do want to be obedient because it's not, it's not from me. I feel the Lord challenging us in this tonight. When, when he spoke to me about this word, he clearly showed me that thing of those wooden pews. And even if it's in the spirit, um, or even if it's in the practical, it always has an outworking in the, in the, in the physical. So uh, uh, this is not from me. The, the, the Lord asked me tonight for anyone responding to do just one thing, to get out from behind a chair. Whether it's in this space in front, whether it's in an aisle, preferably not at the back, but to step out from behind that layer of protection so that you will be fully exposed into the presence of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, Jesus, would you just would you speak to us, Lord, if that's us tonight, to present ourselves as a living sacrifice before you. A few months ago, Nikki Lohana had a word about the, a shift happening in our chest. And almost, um, I don't know who is spatchcocked, what do you call it, the chicken. That's what God wants to do. He wants to, he wants to open us up from the front and, and minister straight to our heart tonight. Just in line with that, I was just reading from Romans 10. And it's talking about a response to the Word of God. It says, But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing the Word of God. And I really feel this, this evening, just as Stephen is sharing, the purpose of this and bringing this is that it stirs your faith. Because... This is, not, this is a supernatural word. If the Word of God is not bringing you to a place where you feel, God, I have to respond, but it's not just me responding. It's not, it's not me responding in the flesh. It's me responding to the Spirit's call. And in the Spirit's call, God's going to require something of you that you can't actually do. Just think about it at the moment. God's going to require something of you that you can't do. And the reason he wants to do it like that is that your dependence is not in the flesh. The very thing is that we walk by faith and we walk in the Spirit of God. 
And so even in response to that, if you, you feel, you know, I've, I've just been coming and I'm, I've been fed and I've been well fed and I'm just getting fat like Stephen says, but actually, God, I've actually been disobedient like Isaiah says. I haven't responded in faith. Maybe the challenge is for you to come and make a declaration, not before man, because we can't see your faith, but it's a declaration before the Lord. Because in that, God's... And let me say, don't do this. Don't respond if you're not willing to take a risk in faith. Because that's disobedience. Faith is how we work, but faith without works is dead, the Bible says. And so there needs to be response from you.